threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Shirts fans. And Madison Street Maniac. Welcome back to the Worst Hockey podcast i am your host mike breezy with my co-host nick nick say hi what's up suckers got a lot of shit to talk about today oh my god so much so um so to start and get this out of the way because it's the least important right now but it is important moving into the future um there are some trade talks that i would like to get into um now we just had a few tiny bit of movement here um if you want to privy everybody to that so they are caught up so 24 hours ago, the Montreal Canadiens traded a, or I'm sorry, they have acquired a first overall, pay, or I'm sorry, first round pick for this year's draft, a conditional third round pick for 2027's draft, to Winnipeg for Shane Monahan. So Shane Monahan is on the move to uh what do they call it? What's their nickname? The, the True North or some shit like that? To to fucking <laughs> Winnipeg or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we have an absolute fucking haul that went to Calgary, or I'm sorry, went from Calgary to Vancouver. Um, so Calgary traded Andre Kuzmenko, Hunter Brustevwicz. I don't have no idea how to say his fucking name. Um, Yoni Yermo. a 2024 first round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth round pick to Vancouver for Elias Lindholm. Now that, that, that was a fucking haul for Elias, man. Yeah. Um, so very clear that they're trying to make space and trying to dump some guys off, get rid of some assets. Everybody's at a cap crunch. Now every league or every team in this league has, is at a cap crunch and they're trying to make space. Um, Lindholm though, say about two or three weeks ago. And this is, this is the bulk of the conversation that I want to have. Um, we knew he was on the in talks, in contention for being traded. So uh, we, I knew about this a couple weeks ago, at least two. Didn't say anything about it because, again, it's all hearsay it's all until it actually happens, right? It's all, it's all speculation until something exactly. fucking happens. Um, but that's the thing. When it gets to like trade time, when you get to closer and closer to the deadline, you'll see a lot of funky shit 
a lot of weird stuff about these guys who are going to be traded. But also, you some of them are legit. And that's the part that you have to vet through. So moving forward for us, I mean, we can talk about anything that pops up moving out, but it's all needs to be taken with a grain of salt because they're not always going to be traded. But again, Lindholm was talked about wanting or him being traded and then it actually happened. So that's one thing. And the second thing is, I think it is so. It is right for the money when you get a trade that's the upcoming draft. And what I mean by that is usually it's future considerations. Usually it's two or three drafts away, right? Because when you get yep. these guys from the draft, these young guys' prospects and stuff, it's a couple of years before they come in. Connor Bedard's the variable, but it's usually a couple of years of playing in the same league, finishing college, going into the AHL before you get them. So the sooner you can get these guys to develop them, the better it is. That is going to be a lot more valuable moving forward in the future. For, like, I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that's going to be way more valuable like next season and the season to come after that. For sure. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like there's no, you know, the, you don't know who you're really getting, especially because like, you know, this first overall, or God damn it, not first overall, stupid fucking idiot. The like the first round draft pick is completely contingent on how that team does. So it's like if Vancouver goes and and wins the fucking Stanley Cup this year, then you know the Flames are picking thirty second. <laughs> and so you know it it's totally contingent. The best like the coolest part is like you know you have a little bit more time to to take a look and and see who like who might be a horse in the draft and who might be a steal. I mean, you're talking about late first round, early second round. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. Like it's, I, I just thought that this was, this was a haul for a 32 point player so far this year. Uh, not really big on the goal scoring sheet, but huge on the assist sheet. Um, I don't know, man. Like, do you think that they gave up too much? Do you think they didn't give up enough or do you I think this was like the right fit? I think for them it was the right exact right amount they needed to. They were they were needed, they were wanting to offload, right? That's very clear. They're trying to offload. Cap space is atrocious right now for every team. Um, it's hard to get the players you want, and we've had this conversation many a times. It's either going to be we we would like to see the cap space be utilized to add more players and add more depth and have people when you need them. But we know realistically what they're going to do with the cap space. If it's only a couple million jump, it's going to be to pay the guys that you want to stay more. That's really what it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, how much can you acquire for an extra five to 7 million? Um, you can acquire a couple good guys, right? Or you can disperse your top six and make sure that they stay, build your core and move from there. So when you see a, a major trade like this, you might think they got fleeced, but realistically, uh, no organization is going to make a trade they don't want to make, right? So uh, I oh think no. that they're trying to move. I, I think they're trying to move some guys. I mean, in the retrospect and like in the grand scheme of did they kind of get fleeced in this deal? On paper, yeah. But they must obviously be trying to make space, move things around for the deadline or get someone or pay someone more, lock in a deal. Again, I'm not privy to everybody's deals, what they have and how many years and, and where they are. I know the Rangers pretty well, but it looks like to me they're trying to make space and they're trying to make things happen. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. My apologies. It's very early in the morning. Um, 
All right, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the uh, the Habs and Winnipeg trade. I mean, you're you're talking about a bunch of picks going for Shane Monahan. Do you think that uh, Shane Monahan deserves a uh, to be to be dealt for um, a first round or a, a first round pick and uh, another another conditional? Because that was pretty much all it was. It was just picks for picks for player, not not like Vancouver trading basically a whole line. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Again, it 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 might be the same thing, and it's it's hard too, because like those those first few trades are kind of like the testing the waters trades every year. It's like, well, let's let's see what can happen. Let's see where we can go. It's the same shit every year, right? It's the same yeah. song and dance. We already know what's going to happen. Like in terms of the trading, there's always going to be some crazy trades. There's always going to be some ep- upsets. I mean, Kane and Tarasenko going to the Rangers was like, what the fuck? You know, it's always going to be some shit like that. You're hoping that your team's on the receiving end of some good shit. But again, we're getting to a point now where, you know, teams are that are at the bottom, like let's say like San Jose and I'm sorry, Chicago, they are they're gonna have a much broader spectrum for trading when, you know, your pieces aren't as valuable, right? You're building a core around Nick Felino and fucking uh Blackwell and uh Connor Bedard basically. So kind of I okay if we want to get into this conversation real quick but I I I wouldn't say we're we're necessarily building around Blackwell I think Blackwell might be a trade piece in the offseason but for sure building around I mean here's my thing right who do you give the captaincy to do you give it to Nick Foligno or do you give it to Connor Murphy and the only reason why I'm asking that is because if if they go based on like the seniority aspect of it, then Connor Murphy deserves it because he's the longest tenured hawk on the team. But if you go based on like legitimate leadership skills, I mean Connor Murphy has phenomenal leadership skills. Like it could be could they be better? Sure, but not everyone's perfect. Like the same thing could be said for Nick Felino. But um, you know, I'm leaning more towards like because at the start of the season, if, or even like I don't know, a quarter of the way through the season. If you ask me, like, hey man, like who do you think's gonna get the C? I'm still saying Connor Murphy, but ever since Bedsy got injured and just seeing the way that Nick Felino kind of handled the whole Corey Perry debacle and how he kind of brought, you know, Connor Bedard really like way more under his wing than than before. I don't know, man. I'm kind of leaning more towards the Nick Felino captaincy for the next two years, which I'm totally down for. Um, but I mean, essentially, so you look at these deals that 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 uh, Kyle Davidson handed out, right? So you had Jason Dickinson got extended two years, Nick Felino gets extended two years, and Peter Morazic gets extended two years. That you know what that tells me? It's a bridge. It is a bridge until. A lot of our young bucks come up, like Oliver Moore, Frank Nazar, Marcel Marcel, shit like that. Uh, this is just a bridge. And and you had texted me yesterday and it was saying, like, you know, competitive window coming up in, in 2025, 2026, or 26, 27, or something like that. That is the most realistic timeline that I have seen, especially if you know the Hawks get the number one overall pick again and they yeah. take Celebrini. I feel like if they take Celebrini right off the rip, maybe that window becomes 25, 26. <laughs> I was good. 26, 27. Yeah. Um, 
I was gonna, I was gonna make the joke uh, that I've never met a Nick that I like, but we should keep Nick Foligno. But we're past that now because honestly, I do think the Hawks will be competitive in twenty five, twenty six. Hold on, you said you never met a Nick you you like. Yeah, that was gonna be the joke, but now I'm getting serious. So twenty five, twenty six season is raggedy bitch about that. <laughs> you fucked up for that, dog. You wrong for that. You wrong uh, shit for that. Twenty five, twenty six. I think is a realistic view. Um, Hawks are tanking, not in a way that I think they tanked last year. I think oh, last year no. they tanked no, last on year, purpose, bro. Last year, like it was like a lot of those games that it almost looked accidental. Like a lot of the games that they lost last year, almost like looked lost last year looked accidental, like for sure. And and, and then it just kind of like, oh hey, we got the number one pick, cool. Like we were kind of planning on this, but like this year, it is so deliberate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that it's showing the that the Hawks right now are a very good team if they had just a few little pieces. Because I've said this a million times. When the Rangers lose a game, it's a loss. Like nobody shows up, nobody cares. It was it's it's hard to watch and to the point where you're like, I don't know if I can watch the next game because it was that it was that gut wrenching. And when the when when Chicago loses a game, bro, it's like they're right in the money. Like it, it could have sure. went other way, and it could be a four-two loss. But you understand that it was three-two really three for two loss. 20, yeah, it was three-two for twenty minutes, and then an, an uh, empty netter. Empty netter. Which yep. yeah. So and if it's yeah, a like one, every... oh sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, it's all right. Um, they're they're competitive, right? They just need like a like if they had a a Mika's advantage at Artemi Panarin, they had Connor Bedard still here with somebody else to give him a help helping hand. And they would, they would win a lot more games. Um, I think I've, I've said this before you agree with me. Morazic is your guy. That's that dude. He will get there. He's going to need a solid backup. I think Soderblom is a little, he's got a little bit of light hands most of the time, (laughs) but I mean, he's at least trying to. So, I mean, I'd rather have guys that try that stick around and we figure it out together than have, you know, veterans that just, don't want to don't want to try their best and get in there because they're like I'm better than this. So I, I think the Hawks have a competitive core. Um, they're probably going to get that first rounder. Celebrini's going to play on the same team as Bedard. Felino's going to lead everything. In my personal opinion, he's the old he's one of the oldest guys, if not the oldest guy. He's down to he's down to scrap. He's he's taken that leadership role. You know he's going to be in, he's going to have an A regardless. In my opinion, because he's in that leadership role. But I think he can take the C. And in the future, it is going to be – there's going to be a lot more people, at least prospects, coming into this league that are going to jump at the chance of playing with Colorado or Colorado, Chicago, um, because you have two guys that are going to be literal generational talents. I have never seen two higher like ceiling guys that are going to be Bedard and Celebrini. And if they play on the same fucking team, again, there's no way you guys are going to keep losing, right? You're gonna you're gonna figure it out, and these guys are going to lead the charge. And they do that. They have that that Artemi Panarin or Jack Eichel effect, right? Where it just makes everybody they play with just better because right. they they're either either they're having a chance to score or they're giving you a chance to score, right? You see all the time Eichel and Panarin, they'll get in the zone uncontested they try to they scoot their way in there they do the little fancy feet maneuver they're in the zone then their team catches up and it's like fuck we this one guy burnt four guys right and it's a big deal if you have two young guys that are fast and strong and they can skate and they can move the puck and toe drag and do all this extra stuff 
it's going to make your team a lot better. And I think that you're just on the cusp of seeing what Chicago can really do. I think the Rangers window is now and Chicago is just coming up real quick. Yeah. And that, and then it just becomes a matter of just like, how can we, how can we kind of fill this lineup a little bit more? Um, you know, the, obviously the biggest question mark all year has been the goaltending and it seems like, you know, the Hawks front office found their guy and, and, and Peter Morazic. So um, I don't know what the future holds for for Soderblom. I, I I love the guy. He's a great guy. He's very like I'm gonna shake. He's very Teflon duck. If that makes any sense, he's like for if I got sure. a bad if I got a bad start, I'm just gonna let it roll off my my back. I'm gonna figure out what I did wrong. You know, I'm gonna try to be better for the next game for the next time I'm 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 starting right. So, but my thing is is what this what these little two with this little two year, um. Uh, what's it called? What this little two-year fucking contract extension for Mrazek told me is that we're just building the bridge for Drew Camesso. And um, if you don't know who Drew Camesso is, uh, he is the starting goaltender for the Rockford Ice Hogs, who's the Blackhawks AHL team. Um, right now, so far, what fucking halfway through the season, uh, he's got an eight, ten, and three. Um, I'm sorry. He's not the starter. My bad. He's a he's a uh, backup, but he's very quickly proving himself. Like he came up last year for a couple of games and got absolutely lit the fuck up. But I mean, he's not doing terribly in in Rockford right now. I mean, he's got eight ten and three record uh, with one shutout. Uh, his goals against is two point eight five, and his save percentage is eight ninety six. So I'm like, I like that. I'm kind of here yeah. for that. So you're just building the bridge for him to get a little bit more time in in Rockford and then, uh, you know, building the bridge for him to come up and and be behind Mrazek. So my guess is that he'll probably be but he, he'll probably be behind Mrazek maybe next year, maybe halfway through next year, gets like a feel good call up and kind of just sits behind sits behind Mrazek for a little bit. Um, Yeah, for sure. So pick up Jonathan from- quick. Yeah. So um the way the Rangers have moved things around, right? Um Igor's is just not where he is. I, I look, I gotta believe that Igor's gonna find it in the second half of the season. I gotta believe better. that he's gonna take the step up. But again, the idea of having one A, one B, one really good goalie and another backup really good goalie, the Rangers have that, whether it's with Quick or whether it's with Deming. But realistically for this trade season, I don't see the Hawks making a lot of big moves. Again, yeah. Moving, it's not. It's too early. We're a year or so off before they start making moves to be competitive again. But I, I agree that next season they're automatically going to be better when they have their guys back and Bedard is playing again, maybe a full season. And if you get Celebrini, you're going to have a much better team. But you're going to see a lot of these top 10 teams in the league making major pushes, I would feel, because this year, in my opinion, is the most competitive year for hockey. The Canucks... Um, the, the Kings tanked, but they have the ability to come right back. The Oilers are all but the the best hockey team we've ever seen, right? Rangers had the strongest start they've ever had. Then they kind of fell off a little bit, but that still puts them at the top of the Metro, right? Uh, Colorado is better than they've ever been. They are just firing on all cylinders. They are Fuck, so they fast. Look good this year, dude. It they is look better uh, than the year they won the cup. That, and that's scary, right? That's so, terrifying. This team is so fast; they can do it all. Um, like, are they about to go sixteen and zero? Who knows, like, bro? That's 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 like my biggest. Hold on, I want to break that down real quick. They look so much better than the year they won the cup, 
their passing is on point. Their goaltending is on point. Their goal scoring is is almost fucking unheard of and absolutely unreal. And, and let's it, let's call a spade a spade, bro. Um, Georgiev took a major step for sure, and he's, and he's continuing to take major strides here. And I got no, yeah. I got no hate against Georgiev. And this is going to go into my my final my final talking points here for the trade deadline. Um, there is something in the New York water that you come in, start drinking it, and you're fine. And when you leave and start drinking other people's city water, you find your next step. Yeah, look at Frank Vitrano. Frank Vitrano, Brady Shea, uh, JT Miller. Uh, yep. Matt Zuccarello is still up in there doing his fucking thing, bro. Like a core piece. Uh, uh, Tarasenko didn't come in. He's still doing his thing. He's, he's just as good as he was. If, if not, he's a more integral piece. The scoreboard does not say what he does. I think Tarasenko is, is a is a great piece. Um, it, it goes all over the place, right? You can just keep moving all the way down the board. Uh, I always said that Georgiev had the soft hands right now. I- Igor has the soft hands. But the fact that they put Georgiev in, he took so many shots. He's playing with one of the best teams in the league, and he's just getting better, bro. Even so, and this is this is a little a, a little ahead of myself, right? Georgiev won hundred thousand dollars in the skills competition. For uh, they had the the shots, like uh, it was goalie on one person, like right? The shoot, basically a shootout challenge, right? He won hundred thousand dollars for blocking nine out of eleven shots on Connor. McJesus, the the best hockey player in the National Hockey League, right? Connor McDavid, he blocked nine out of eleven shots on him, and that's crazy. Unreal. That's that's absolutely crazy. And again, we'll get into all that in a minute. But my whole point here is that the Rangers are going to make some trades. They're going to try to be competitive. They are there are possible acquisition talks right there. They're talking about Tarasenko, Vitrano, and Duclair. I don't think that Tarasenko's coming back again. Um, again. Are we talking the, about this again? Yes, the money wasn't there for Tar- the money wasn't there for Tarasenko, and he wanted he, but he only took one year deal where he went. Okay, um, Anthony Duclair, I could see it happening because why would he want to stay with San Jose? Well, why would you want Anthony Duclair? I mean, here's my that's like that's this is my question. Why would you want if you have players that you're that you have your your eye on right? And we'll just use the three that you said right. So we're talking about Frank Vitrano. Uh, Anthony Duclair and Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, you got Tarasenko who took a one-year contract. Where the fuck is he right now? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, the Senators. Thank you. Uh, Tarasenko, for some reason, I thought he was on the Flames. <laughs> I don't know why. It's some fucking Canada team. Yeah. Um, so he's got one year. So this is his only year, his contract year in 
in Ottawa. You know, you have Anthony Duclair that's playing in, in San Jose, and you have Frank Vitrano who's making a name for himself in Anaheim. Let me ask you this. Out of those three, why would you put any eggs in your basket for Anthony Duclair? Let me tell you why. This is, this is why this might happen. And this, the, if anything, out of Tarasenko, Vitrano, and Duclair, the most likely acquisition would be Duclair. And you're going to be like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, here, let me tell you. No, that makes a lot of sense, but go ahead. Duclair um, is a decent hockey player. He definitely shines on San Jose as a guy you got to watch, for sure. That's no question. But again, it's San Jose. There are talks, again, about reviews to dump Capo Caco. Um, there is a little bit of talk about moving Lafreniere. And there's real, there's a real, real talk out there right now about moving Keandre Miller. I don't agree with any of those. I, I like those like guys. But here's the thing. If you're going to offload these guys, which would be top six guys, franchise building around players, right? You dump them to a team like San Jose, who obviously is going to need that star power. They're going to need that. You get someone like Duclair to come in for a lower contract deal, a, a smaller average, and a couple picks from uh, San Jose because the Rangers are trying to find that cap space. Now, Filipino is back on long, long-time injury reserves. That puts about 4 to $5 million of, of actual usable cap space for them. Okay, But if he does come back next year, that money comes back into play, and you got to move pieces again. So acquiring Duclair for a year, acquiring like Frankie for a year and a half, again, what can you really afford? I'm not sure. Duclair fits in that, get him in the mold, um, and just get rid of him because Rangers like to just have rentals. They don't re- like to take a guy at a trade deadline and give him a deal, no matter how well they do. I mean, Kane and Tarasenko are your perfect example. Tyler Mott was drafted the last two two or three years, and they never kept him, right? He did great for us. He was a great fourth line or third line like defender, grindy game. Still didn't keep him. The Rangers don't like to keep their guys. So for someone like Frankie, grabbing Frank Vitrano makes sense because it's what they need, but w- at what cost, okay? So if you're going to grab him as a rental, you're going to have to offload him next year if, if Filipino comes back. But I can see them making a push for Frankie if they're willing to lose Lafreniere, Kako, or someone like Miller, right? To move the, the space around to try to make some sense of this this last push to try to go far in the Stanley Cup finals or the Stanley Cup playoffs, whatever it may be. Um, these are just what's being talked about right now. I'm not saying that any of these will happen, but there is some truth to them if all three of them are popping up. There, There is talks, right? And unfortunately, if we're going to make any of these moves, I think the most likely is Duclair. But my hope would honestly be in Vitrano because he's a great player. And he's already played with Chris and Mika, and they did great. Like, it, Dude, when they were playing together, bro, it was like Mika being as defensive as he was at the blue line, he'd stop a puck, he'd break it out, and Chris Kreider and Vitrano would burst out for a two-on-one or a two-on-o breakaway because they're so fucking fast. And it was a deadly, deadly line. So I got to believe that they're looking at that because, again, and this might be just tinfoil hat shit, right? But they sent Frankie to the All-Star game. My theory is they sent him to the All-Star game so that Anaheim can be like, look, you're an important piece here. We want you to stay because there's talks about Frankie looking elsewhere. It's not just my own like like hope that I want him back. It's 
it's a lot of people in different places and different beat writers saying that there are talks about Frankie wanting to go somewhere else or there's talks about trading Frankie. And I think the Ducks are trying to stop that by sending him to the All-Star game. And if he's going to go anywhere, why not go to a team that statistically is better than when he went before? And he, like he said, he has unfinished business because he's not winning a cup in, in Anaheim right now. There's a chance in New York, right? There's a chance. I love how delusional you are sometimes. I'm just speaking facts, bro. I just sorry you can't del- accept it. I just love how fucking delusional you are sometimes. Like we had this conversation yesterday morning, and and I all I could do was just fucking laugh at it because it was very it was very funny. It was very very comical. You better pray like, that Frankie doesn't come back to New York. You better fucking pray. Okay? You know what? You better I'm hope. Gonna, I'm I'm gonna say this now. If Frank Fetrano goes back to the fucking goes back to the Rangers, you know, let's make a bet right now. Let's make a bet right now. Just pick something. We'll we'll bet it right now. If Frank goes back to the fucking Rangers. Um if if Frankie gets back to the Rangers, okay. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Frankie goes back put to you the, on the fucking spot here, but like Fra- Frank Frankie goes back to the Rangers. Put you back on the spot. Frankie goes back to the Rangers. You owe me and yourself one of those cringy but amazing, like Selena style, like Etsy, where it's like <laughs> Igor Shesterkin, but it's like says Igor Shesterkin at the top, and it's a pic. Yeah, it's a picture of Igor Shesterkin and like all these little different like pictures, yeah. you know, like how they did with like Selena and stuff like that. Ninety like ass style shirts, yeah. And he he doesn't he doesn't come. He doesn't come. I owe us the same shirts from Etsy, but in uh, the the Connor Bedard fashion. Okay, so if he goes to New York, we have to buy. I have to buy both of us a Frank Vitrano Ranger shirt. If they have it, they might not. So we can just settle with Igor because I guarantee you they're going to have the Igor ones. I would yeah. rather wear Igor, Igor than than or yeah. Igor or Panarin. Yeah, I'll take the Igor because the Igor. I guarantee you they have that one because he's a big star. They're going to well, have I've, him. So I've we'll do it for the Igor. That may or may not have. If I when we did the the gym secret Santa, I was hoping I was going to get you because that was the that I was going to get you that. That's but. Cute. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay. So if Frank goes back to New York, it's either gonna be a Vitrano Ranger shirt or an Igor Ranger shirt from fucking Etsy. If he doesn't, whether he stays in Anaheim or goes elsewhere, yeah, anywhere else. Both, okay, all right. Cool. I just, wanted, I, I just wanted to clarify yep. that it's like he doesn't have to stay in Anaheim. It's just if he does, if he goes anywhere besides the Rangers, besides New York, yes. Okay, so then you owe both of us. Uh, Connor Bedard '90s style Selena shirt. Yep. All right. That's that's the deal. I'm down. The deal. I'm down. That's okay. fine with me. All right. Well, pivoting to the All Star game, uh, dude. This All Star game. Hey, real quick. I'm sorry. I'm 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 throwing something else out real quick before we go to the All Star game because this was announced at the same time as the All Star game. We're not betting um, anything else. Huh? We're not betting anything else. I'm not betting anything else. No, okay. I'm already poor, and this is just going to make me even more poor. So. This is that this we're not betting anything else, but I wanted to bring up the fact that the NHL and Gary Bettman just announced yesterday, I think before the skills competition, that NHL players will be eligible to participate in the Olympics again in 2026 and 2030. What's your oh, take on that, bro? How stoked yes, are you? Are you pissed? Yes, like, what's up? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, from the from the all star game, the all star weekend, which is kind of all star week at this point, right? Starts on Thursday, all star week. The Olympics, PWHL, Three Ice, like 
all the different hockey leagues that have already always existed. This is good. This is really, really good. Like where hockey is from like a healthy standpoint, it just keeps getting better, bro. It just keeps getting better. I absolutely love this. And also, Bettman just said the other day, literally yesterday, I saw an article that he's getting hit up by a lot of different places saying, hey, we want to expand the NHL. We want a team in our city, not just Utah, how they're talking about they want a team in Utah. A lot of places are saying, hey, we want an NHL team in our city uh, across the, the United States. And I'm sure they could take some more in Canada, right? Because they have. Well, they were talking about Quebec and for sure Quebec and Atlanta being two, two landing spots for another franchise um, that's fantastic i'm here for it i had two shots at it already i understand there was a lot of like uh like a lot of problems when it was the flames and it was the thrashers um but i don't know my personal okay so of all the places right of all the places that don't have a team who's your top two like top two cities to have a new team Cause I'll tell you, I'll tell you mine real quick first. My top two for sure: Salt Lake City and Houston. Yeah, um, I mean, you do, you do have Dallas, right? I'm thinking about we got to be, we got to think about places that don't have it, right? In my personal opinion, I mean, not going to California. How many California teams are there? Not going to yeah. New York. How many New York teams do we have there? Um, but the I rivalries think- behind all of that. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but look at the rivalries. Excuse me. Behind all the teams in California, and then all the the rivalry in all the teams in New York. You even have that rivalry in Florida. You know, I, there's just so many like possibilities. Like if you did, because there's there's a lot of Stars fans in Houston, right? There was like this whole report about it, like back when Salt Lake first came out that said that they wanted an NHL team, right? So there was, there's a lot of Houston fans. There are people who live in Houston who are Dallas Stars fans. The problem is they can't get to Dallas to see a game. So now imagine you stick a, what's going to be a rival hockey team in Houston. Dude, like that's going to be, that would, that would blow it up right there. Like, I love that because like, realistically, who would be the rival to salt lake right so maybe vegas maybe arizona mostly just pacific but like you put you put a team in um you put a team in houston you stick them in the in the nl central whoops sorry baseball talk uh you stick them in the uh like the central division and you have a gnarly rivalry and just so happens that your 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 state mate in Dallas, it's also in the same division. Like, dude, that's going to cause so much violence, and that's going to be so fucking fun to watch. <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing with that. That's that's awesome. But uh, I would say another Canadian, even though there are a few Canadian teams, right, if you want to talk about per capita, I think there needs to be at least, like, another one, technically, right? Like, something on, the, some, something on the border of, of United States and, and Canada, another one like that, so it's close and it's not so bad for travel. Uh, here's another unpopular one. Give us one team for both Dakotas, right? Like Ooh. North and South Dakota, and then have a team that two different states close together could be the like Dakota, whatever the fucks, right? Like or the Carolina. yeah, whatever the city is, and a major city that would be awesome. That's kind of close to the border, so both states can like rally to it, right? And it's like 
for both Dakotas, because then that's a double demographic of hockey where it's not, and then two states can join together to say this is our team, right? I think that would be pretty sweet. And then of course Utah, it's a good idea. It's it's close to a lot of other teams there. You know what I'm saying? You got Colorado and Arizona and Vegas and California, not so far. And yeah, I I think that I I'm gonna just throw a weird curveball because I've never heard it. Give both Dakotas a team. That's it. Both Dakotas are just one. Hold on. You just changed your entire tune. Are you saying put a team in North Dakota and in South Dakota? No, or no, no. Put, or you want to Carolina team... it and just call it like the Dakota Eagles? Exactly. Yeah. The, da- okay. the Dakota Wombats are going to be for North and South Dakota so that two states can join and rally together for one hockey team. And then they know that the hey. demographic and market is going to be big enough for a team going fun. there. That'd be so fucking fun. How cool would that be? I honestly, I'd be down as shit to go see the Dakota totems play. Yeah, I'd dude, be uh, down as hell to see that happen. The Dakota disc jockeys could be the 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 next best team. You never yeah. know. I wonder where you would put the Dakota Rushmores in. I don't know, man. But uh, central. The, uh, I re- it really depends how many teams you get. Like interesting, well, like because it has to be even. So what, exactly, uh, they're at thirty teams right now, right? I think thirty-two, thirty-two. So you'd 32. have to bump it to thirty-four. So let's let's call Salt Lake a, a lock, right? So you're gonna put Salt Lake in Pacific. So where would you put? You'd have to reconfigure, right? And here's my fucking thing. I I don't know why. Why the Hawks are in the Western Conference? It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Because for a fade. while you had you had Detroit in the Western Conference as well, which had that rivalry between the between the Hawks and the Wings, and then you moved Detroit to the Eastern Conference where they belonged, and but you still kept the Hawks in the Western Conference. I just I that I never understood why you know a Western Conference final between the Blackhawks and the fucking Kings and having to travel across the country for it. I don't know. I would say take take the Hawks out of the Central. And out of the Western Conference and put like the Dakota Wombats into the fucking in the central to replace the Blackhawks and maybe put the Hawks in the Metro, maybe Atlantic, maybe Atlantic. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see where they put the Dakota dust storms, but regardless, <laughs> the Dakota um, Plains, because yeah. that's all there is there is just fucking long plains of. Anyway, um, another cool thing that came out of yesterday's uh, announcement to the uh, Olympics is that uh, in 2025, there's going to be a tournament. I don't know if you saw this, dude. This is fucking uh, this got me geeked yesterday. There's going to be a tournament. It's called the five, the four nation face off, and it's going to be Canada, United States, Finland and Sweden competing in a four game kind of tournament. That's or not sexual, four game, but like a, a like a four team tournament. Yeah, that is sexual. You like that. Here's my thing. I think, and not to tie this into baseball, and I'm sorry for everyone for two weeks in a row talking about baseball. I, I don't care. But baseball has the, the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, right? Which is all of the countries facing off. It's basically the Olympics, but make it baseball, right? That last year's WBC was so fucking electric, right? And you had in, in uh, the semifinals, the United States won on basically a a walk-off grand slam from Trey Turner that made everyone who was watching that, who was like kind of a USA fan, 
basically the most ultra America patriot you'd ever see in your entire fucking life. Not to mention, you had the best player in the league in, in Shohei Otani facing off against the best power hitter in the league, which is Mike Trout, who they just happen to be on the same MLB team, but they're representing their countries in the final, right? You had Shohei Otani for Japan versus Mike Trout for the Team USA. In the final, the last at-bat, and it was so fucking, it was like what movies are made out of, dude. And it was amazing to see. I think Bettman saw the success of the WBC and said, we need to replicate that. So that's why I think that they're playing in the Olympics again. And that's specifically why I think that there's basically a, a WBC, but make it hockey in this four nation face off. And I am so fucking excited for next year, dude. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, you have like a, you have a team like obviously spearheaded. You have Connor McDavid for Canada, but you'd have Austin Matthews for the the USA team. And you, you would just, it would be so fun. And that's perfect segue into this all-stars game, right? Yeah. Um, this, this all-stars game and this all-star weekend, it's all-star week, whatever the fuck we're calling it now. Um, it was, it's the most fun I've ever had watching an all-stars anything. The, it really looks like they're trying to not only do stuff that's fun for us, because you've got to think, right? We never see these players together more than once a year, and we never see them having fun like this. this I think that... proves to me... I'm so sorry to cut you off, but I've been waiting to tell you this, but this just proves to me that rivalries are so fucking fan-base-oriented rather than actual team-oriented. It's how you see them react... To, uh, how you see them act with each other in the, the All-Star. It's funny. It's funny too because you see uh, Pasternak uh, representing Boston, and the whole place is booing him anytime he's doing anything because he's from Boston. It's yep. a feel-good moment. But you know, nothing against Pasternak. He's he's a, a great player. That's why he's there for a reason. But this whole entire week is just like it's for the fans. It's 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 so fun. They're doing way way more stuff than they ever have done. They're really putting thought into it. They have included a lot of players that. Uh, Connor McDavid was included a lot in this because they're like, what would you guys want to see if you were, if you could set up an all-stars like weekend and week and the players have been involved and it does a lot that you can tell even by this celebrity captains, which I'll have you get through the whole lineup of everyone who was there. But even the celebrity captains, albeit <laughs> we might not know who some of them are, but it, it, it show it shows that you are really trying to not only like excite the existing NHL fan base, but you're trying to bring in new people and make the game healthier by just showing off, hey, if you don't know what hockey is, here's the best look, right? Here, here's some people that you recognize that are that are famous and popular, but also here's the best of the best. Here's that, the best players that we can show you right now, and they're all here on the ice. And let's put these competitions together so you can see how much faster this skater is than this guy and how much more skilled of a shooter this guy is. And everybody there on their own right is amazing. Everyone that stepped on that ice for this game that's an NHL player is great at what they do. But to just to get there and to like show the world, like, hey, yeah, we're talking about McDavid for a reason. We're talking about Matthews for a reason. We're talking about JT Miller. We're talking about the Hughes's. Like, they're all here for a reason, right? And I just think it's it was magic. This this week has been magic so far. I just I wanna I wanna say one thing and then I'll get into the to the rosters aspect of it. But your little shot at me right there, dude. <laughs> About not knowing who some of these people were when it came to the celebrity captains. And for the people wondering why I'm absolutely losing my shit over here is because I was watching the draft 
and Breezy and I were texting each other back and forth, but we were watching the draft. I was at work and he was at home. And I'm like, I just text him out of nowhere. Who the fuck is Tate McRae? <laughs> and and fairly, it's not like I have this fucking extensive knowledge of Tate McRae. Uh, apparently, she's a singer and I, she's very popular on TikTok. And I will have one little pivot here. Um, yes, beautiful young lady, but you guys need to relax. She's 20 years old. Please <laughs> oh, calm the shit, fuck down. Really? Yes, everybody needs to calm the fuck down. She's 20 years old. Please. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about Tate McRae, okay? That's all she's coming. Well, until you announce what teams do celebrity captain. But besides that, we ain't talking about McRae here. That's for somebody else's podcast, not ours. Bro, I'm fucking crying. That's great. I had no idea who the fuck she was, let alone that she was 20 years old and there are a bunch of fucking horn dogs on social media going berserk. Yeah, that's they're, they're, they're getting crazy, bro. But like, crazy. it kind of brings me to my point before I get into the rosters. Like, I really like now, arguably, this was probably the best all star week that I've ever seen the NHL do. Um, here's my thing. If you're going to do the celebrity captains, you really need to make sure that these celebrity captains are like diehard fans. And I know like Tate was talking about how, you know, she grew up in Calgary or she's from Calgary and that she goes, she went to a lot of flames games when she was getting old, when she was growing up and then like, you know, going back to Calgary to see more flames games. Like, yeah, I get that. But it was almost like, I don't know. It felt like almost forced that she was trying to say that, but you had someone who was like, Will Arnett, who famously is a diehard Maple Leaf fan and like was creaming in his fucking pants when he got to meet like, you know, Austin Matthews, Nylander, Marner, all that shit. And and especially. um, Oh, my God, I can't remember who the Toronto like uh, beeps. No, the Hall of Famer that came out. Oh yeah, um, I forget too, but he was geeking about that too. He's like, he I was... just met Blank. I forget. I'm blanking on. Yeah, the blank, okay, you but... saw that video too, right? Yeah, I'm blanking on the blank, but he was ge- yeah, he the, they were trying to interview Will Arnett as the players were going to the ice, and I forget who he said. Yeah, but he was he was like, I just met fucking blah blah blah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And he, he wouldn't talk about anything else during that interview. He's like, well, I just met blah blah blah. So I mean, you know. Yeah, and then he sees Connor McDavid walking behind him, and he was just like, "There's my man Connor. There's my man McDavid. Man, it's just so fun to watch." And like. You could tell he was like a little kid and it was just, it was so cool. So cool to see. Um, and then you had Michael Buble who was on fucking shrooms. Did yeah, you see he was, that? Yeah, he was, he was talked out, bro. He was talked. <laughs> so I was watching an interview or not an interview. I was watching a video yesterday on, on uh, Instagram and he was just like, my friend told me this was a microdose and he lied and if you saw will arnett's <laughs> fucking face dude it was like it almost made it seem like will were you the friend were you the friend he was talking about i want to say um before you get into this lineup i know i keep yeah. saying we keep doing before you get into the slide before you get this lineup i'm sorry but um now we're, we're getting past edging. we're gooning now so bef- we're going to continue to goon you but arnett is what you want to see for a celebrity captain because he shows up in that Leafs hat. If I was there, I would have been in a Rangers hat no matter what, right? I got to represent. Um, the I forget what the name of the band they had playing, which they had two different bands playing, which I thought was cool. It was like a way to mix it up. A band just started playing while they were setting things up. That dude came out in a T'Chuck, uh Senators jersey. Yeah. And he, and when the, so the song was over and people were clapping, he turned around and did like the thumbs to the back of his jersey, like, you know, represent... I'm not a fan of Ottawa 
right? But the fact that you show up and can and represent your team, the fact that Arnett shows up in a in a Maple Leafs hat and is like, look, I love Toronto. I'm a big hockey fan. It makes you go, oh, I resonate with this band. I resonate with this actor. I mean, mm-hmm. no, there's nobody that didn't like him, right? Sure. In, in my opinion, he's a funny dude. But now it makes me like him more because he's willing to step into a different world. And he he's not going to know everything about every player, but he could see the excitement in his face. To him, that was his Super Bowl, right? That was his, like, Grammys. He was so happy to be there. And you get Justin Bieber, you get Michael Buble, you get fucking Kate McRae or whatever her name is, and you get all these fucking people together. It's like, it seemed forced because it would be what you'd want to see as celebrities. And Will Arnett was just like, hey, just happy to well, be here. Just happy Will, to be Will here. Ar- well, Will Arnett... Uh, Jason Bateman and Sean Myers, who three really kind of three famous actors They they have a podcast together and they interview like a lot of like really big celebrities. Well, one of them they interviewed was Wayne Gretzky and and uh, Will Arnett could not shut up through the entire episode. And he was just like absolutely geeked the fuck out because I mean, Will Arnett, he's Will Arnett's from Toronto. So like. Of course, he's going to geek the fuck out when he sees the great one in front of him. But yeah, anyway, um, enough edging. I'm going to get into the all-star game rosters here. Um, So do you remember how we did last week where we were just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Or like we were kind of like rating the draft or, or sure. rating the lineup. Yeah. I want to do that again this year or not this year, but but this week going through the lineups because before we just had the players. Now we have actual drafted lineups. So I want to do that again with you. Um, so for team Matthews, so the celebrity captain was Justin Bieber, wh- who looked like he did not want anything to do with that, but whatever. Um, we have obviously the captain and the assistant captain is Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley. Their draft picks are not in order, but as follows, William Nylander, March, Mitch Marner, obviously, uh, Jake Ottinger, which I was really surprised about, uh, Clayton Keller, Matthew Barzell, Igor Shesterkin. Philip Forsberg, Alex Dabrinkit, and Vinny Trocek. Thoughts? Yeah, that that is a, um, I mean, a little bit of bias, biasness because it's two Rangers, but that's a fucking awesome lineup. I, Toronto had their game plan. They said we're gonna take um, all of our guys in Toronto because we play well together. And then when they got towards the end, they said, "Look, let's just fill it out with guys." I I like the fact that they kept uh, Barzell and then the rest of the New York guys from the Rangers together. Because one thing that I didn't like was that, you know, all the Oilers wanted all the Oilers guys and all the abs wanted all the abs guys and all the Toronto guys wanted all the Toronto guys. Of course, you're going to want they're your teammates. You want them on your team because it's more fun. You get to hang out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You can talk about it for the rest of the year. But you want to see Barzell like being yeah. backed by Igor Shesterkin. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you, like you want to see the mix up. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see two New York teams that would never play together and are supposed to be rivals, right? Playing on the same team. So when you're rooting for it, you, you're not just rooting for Toronto, Dallas, Arizona, New York, Nashville, uh, to bring it right. Detroit. Uh, you're not just rooting for that. You're rooting for that new team. And it's like, it's a way for me and someone who's a, a, a Red Wings fan to sit next to each other and say, Hey, for this moment, we're on the same side, no matter what, right. like it's, it's do or die together. We lose together. We win together. We cry together. And it's not that serious. Right. But right. it builds that camaraderie to say like, Hey, look, we're in this together. And it's, it's really cool. So I like that this, I think this is an all-star lineup, literally like no pun intended. This is an amazing, amazing team. It's a sick lineup for sure. Um, 
Okay, I'm going to move on to Team McDavid, whose celebrity captain was our Lord and Savior, Will Arnett. Uh, we got the captaincy and assistant captaincy is Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Um, this one, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm excited to see this team because it almost feels like this team is like a horse of a team. Um, you have Connor Hellebuck, David Pasternak, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, Robert Thomas, Sam Reinhardt, Sergei Bobrovsky, Boone Jenner, Nick Suzuki, and Tomas Hurdle. Um, just that's nasty. This is a nasty, nasty team, and this is a sleeper team, right? So, like, stack them up against all the all stars that were that are on uh, fucking Team Matthews, and it's almost just like you look at it, you'd be like, "Fuck, dude, Team Matthews is gonna wipe the floor." But what they don't understand is like, yeah, okay, you have McDavid and Drysaddle, but I mean, they're not gonna play the entirety of the game, so you have to rely on a on a Robert Thomas, you have to rely on a Sam Reinhardt, you know, but. I don't know, man. I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of like really stoked to see. Um, it just makes me laugh that it's like a team full of centers. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like it's a team full of centers and two of them are going to have to play a, a wing spot. Well, um, all these fucking NHL players say so that they can get drafted and kept in the lineup. Well, I can play left or right wing. It doesn't matter to me when you know for a fact like you can't. So it's going to be the same thing, right? Like I can play left or right wing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> when you lie on a resume, we get the job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> So I'm I'm like okay I'm not too sold on Team McDavid as far as like moving like moving on throughout the like I guess for lack of a better phrase like the tournament of the the threes um, for the All Star game but I mean definitely one that I I'm gonna be watching more often than not because dude like that's like like I, I love an I love an underdog story and I feel like that's an underdog story um, so when moving on we have Team McKinnon whose celebrity captain is Tate McRae. Uh, captaincy goes as Captain Nate, Nate Mack and Assistant Captain Kale McCarr, which, by the way, Kale McCarr winning the hardest slap shot yesterday. Did you see Matthew's face? Yeah. Fuck, wow. dude. Like, could you imagine taking that shit off the knee? Not only that, bro. Um, when they did any of the, like, um, the, the, like, uh, the one-on-one, like, the shootout stuff against yeah. the goalie, both dudes from Colorado speed was so fast when they were going back to the puck. It yeah. was like, it's scary, bro. And again, we're not gassing up Colorado. We got no skin in the game besides an ex-Ranger playing as, a, as their goalie, which how how would that matter? I'd be a, team, a fan of every fucking team because there's so many ex-Rangers in this league. Those guys are fast, bro. They're fast, and it's scary fast. And, I, and if you're sleeping on Colorado, which you shouldn't be at, I can't see how you would, right? If you're sleeping on Colorado, just watch... Unfortunately, watch Monday when where the Rangers play Colorado. It's going to be scary. It's going to be yeah. hard. But that's that's again, it's going to be a season. We got the break from the All Stars. We're going to see where we stack up, and I'll get into that at the end of this episode. But you know, we're going to see where the Rangers really fucking are after this All Star break when they have to come back and face fucking Colorado Avalanche. Um, going through the rest of the lineup, <clears throat> you have the man child Sidney Crosby, uh, Rangers legend Alexander Georgiev. Kirill the Thrill, Kaprizov, Sebastian, your mom's a hoe. Um, Tom Wilson, who was absolutely fucking shit-faced throughout the entire night last night, and it was absolutely hysterical because he's talking about wanting to bet on who uh, on players in the fucking skills competition, and it was the funniest damn thing ever. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're just going to get a couple of beers with the boys and watch the skills competition. And, and I think Mark Messier was just like, sounds like he's already had a few. And it was the funniest fucking shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, you have Jeremy Swayman, Travis Konecki, uh, Elias Lindholm, 
uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, which I want to talk about that real quick. How pissed off are you as Oliver Bjorkstrand? You had this awesome plan to go to San Diego with your wife and your family for the all-star break. You were like, I'm going to kick it by the beach. Albeit it's been raining, at least in Vegas. It's been raining for the past week and cold and gloomy. Can't imagine San Diego is going to be any better. Um, but you have this plan, like you got this nice Airbnb kind of by the beach, blah, blah, blah. And your coach tells you like, hey, congratulations, you've been selected to go to the All-Star Games. Now you have to cancel those plans. Hop on a flight to cold and dreary Toronto in fucking January. And you got to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to go and get picked last in the draft. Yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> It's one of those I'm just happy to be here moments, right? Yep, just happy to be here. That's what you, all you can say. Just happy to be here. <laughs> no, no. He pulled the fucking Kucherov, dude. He goes, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> yeah, right? Fuck. <laughs> he pulled the fucking beast mode in this shit, dude, where he was just like, he pulled the Marshawn Lynch, man. I'm just here so I don't get fined. But, like, I'm fucking, I'd be fucking pissed. Um. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to Team Hughes, uh, whose celebrity captain is the shroom master, Michael Buble. Um, you have your co-captains as Quinn Hughes and Jack Hughes. And then I see a note here that says Jack Hughes will not play due to injury, which kind of sucks. I wonder who's going to replace him there. Um, shit, sorry, my computer just like tripped out on me. Um, assistant captain Elias Pedersen, Nikita Kucherov, Thatcher Demko. Kyle Connor, Brady Kachuk, Jesper Bratt, Cam Talbot, Brock Besser, JT Miller, and Frankie the Tank Vitrano. Um, we need well, to talk about Nikita. Yeah. Huh? We will talk about Kucherov. Um, but respectfully, this is a very stacked quadrant of four all star teams. And um, it's even funnier when you think that, like, uh, Frank Vitrano. Bjorkstrand, uh, Tomas Hurd- Hurdle, and yep. um, Vince Trocek were all not picked, and then they went up on stage and they like had all their teams revealed at the same time. Uh, it is fate. Cool. It was fate that uh, Vinny ended up pulling the same team as Igor. Like it was supposed to be that way, and it's funny because um, when they were handing out these uh, big, almost like a. Big ass envelopes, right? They had their team where they were going in the picture of the celebrity team that they were going to be on. They they asked who I forget who was handing them out, but they asked them to shuffle them. And what they did was they just handed they just handed them to the guys instead of shuffling them. <laughs> so they were supposed to shuffle them and then hand them out. It's not like they didn't they didn't plan who was going to be wherever. But I'm saying they were supposed to shuffle them. Um, the the fact that when the guys came up, they stood wherever they stood. And Vinny still happened to get the same team as Igor is is funny because it's like it wasn't planned. It was very clearly not planned because they didn't go about the protocol of how they wanted to hand these these letters out anyway. Kids, yeah. it was a bunch of kids, man. Like, yeah. what'd you expect? Like, and that's like, another that thing. Was was like, we're gonna shuffle the point. cards. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. They included so many kids in this, yeah. so many young, like junior, like I'm talking like eight or nine or ten year old kids skating around. They handed out all the all star jerseys when they got picked. They handed out the letters of where they were going. They skated ne- and whatever the fuck the the jersey. They looked like a goddamn strawberry with a tr- like a maple leaf on top. Yeah. Whatever the hell that junior team is or whatever that was, they had them all lined up next to all the kids or uh, all the all stars when they were standing on the ice. That was really cool, man. Again, 
we got to we put on for the women now. We put on for the kids. It's like literally hockey is for everyone. Everyone's included. It's really yeah. really cool, dude. It's fucking. It's so cool to see. Like I, I just love that the all star game and the skills competition. All of it has just everything to do with kids and excuse me and families and all that. And it's just it's so cool to see. And it really is because at the end of the day, it's like yeah, okay, you're watching these guys play at the top level and have to be at a hundred percent on every game, you know. But I think it gets lost a lot that this is a game, and it it it's definitely over a lot of people's heads. That's just like, hey, these are actual people, and and I really like the All Star break because it really helps people take a refresher halfway through the season and be like. Hey man, these are actual people. Like, sure, booing pasta in Toronto because he's on Boston. Like, that's just good fun. That's just rivalry shit, and and I love that, you know. But um, one thing that I was like really kind of I wouldn't say irritated about, but more or less just like, man, there could have been so many other people to take your spot. Was Nikita Kucherov's like complete lack of fucking effort in the skills competition, and rightfully so, got fucking booed in Toronto. Um, yeah messier said it best i'm sorry to cut you off but mark messier said it best he said um no matter what happens no matter how bad you do you got to put on and complete this this competition because you know you got kids all over the world and what you're teaching them is even when you suck even when you're not doing well you You finish it through yeah you finish what you started you you end strong and you do your best and uh messier said that and you know He's right. I mean, ninety percent, ninety nine percent of the guys there did that, even when they they fucked up. Because again, it is a high pressure situation, and that's why they're doing this is to test them at their best under pressure. But you know, you have to put, you have to try for those kids that are watching. And and like you said, it it might be we're overthinking it and we're thinking too much into it. But it it just shows that even when it's not going your way, you finish what you started. And I think that's a good lesson to take away for these kids, barring that you know he did that during his competition portion yeah i mean i don't want to like harp too much on it because like this was a this is a fun week right i don't want to harp too much on it but i just want to be like damn dude like you couldn't give like two fucks like again it's for kids like this is realistically it's it's for kids and for just like just for hockey nerds man it's for everybody just like how we keep harping like hockey is for everybody like this is huge and and i'm just like like fuck dude and and to keep the good vibes going here i would like to talk about the pwhl's all-star thing that they did too um they after they did the draft they had the women's um three-on-three actual game and they had like drafted a bunch of women for the all-star games from the pwhl and had their their all-star game first of all to do it on the stage for the actual NHL All-Star, not actual, but the, you know, the NHL's All-Star game and then have the women play there too so that the the traffic is already there and people don't have to go anywhere else to see it. One mm-hmm. is smart. It's really awesome that the NHL is embracing the PWHL like this, which is what I hope they would do and we talked about hoping that they would, you know, support them and and cuz it doesn't take away from your franchise, right? It just makes it grow. It gets more people sure. into hockey. Women that get into PWHL will find their way to the NHL just to watch, you know, the elite caliber of, of players on this planet. But you know, they'll feel more relatable to the PWHL. Um, it was amazing that they did that, and I love that they did that. The fact that they even had an All Star game this year is is insane for the PWHL. Not because they don't deserve it, but because these women are All Stars in their own right, just to get to this point and never give up, and then to give them the stage and say, "Look, have fun, do your best." And I will say. 
We haven't seen the NHL's All-Star actual game yet. That's today. If you're listening to this recording on Saturday, the 3rd of February, it's today. But the women skated so hard. They skated so fast. They really took it seriously. I don't think the men, because usually the the All-Star weekend is just bullshit. I'm not going to lie. It's just bullshit, right? Yeah. But these women came to compete and show the world like, hey, we deserve this league and we deserve what's going on with us and we deserve you know, all the praise that we're getting. And it was rightfully so. It was amazing. And they were f- skating fast. They were looking good. Um, again, it's just it's, – it's good, man. Even with the, the small little things that are annoying or, the, or Michael Buble talking at his ass and you know, Kucherov not competing in that one skills competition – it's like, man, this is a this is feel good, and and like you said, it's for kids, it's for hockey nerds, but it's also an entryway for people who've never watched hockey to get in and just kind of learn sure. about the world, right? You might not know sure. the rules and how a real game goes, but it's way less, you know, pressure and way. Well, this, is, this is how being a fan of like players starts. Right? Oh yeah, so it's just like if someone like who's never seen uh, an NHL game before and they turn into the skills competition or something like that, and they're like, man, you know, I don't know shit about hockey at all but man i really like fucking alexander georgiev and i really like that oh my god he stopped this you know this what the announcers keep calling like one of the best players in the game and and just the guy like he keeps stopping him and oh my god he just won a hundred thousand dollars like you know i'm really like a big alexander georgiev fan and that turns into man i'm a really big colorado avalanche fan and then next thing you know you know that guy who's in his you know maybe you know, that guy or girl who's in their fucking, you know, late teens, early 20s or whatever. And next thing you know, they have a family and that just bred a whole new generation of hockey fans. And it's just continuing to progress the sport, you know. And then now you have the PWHL who, you know, first of all, a big shout out to Ella Shelton, who scored the first ever PWHL goal and then the first ever PWHL all-star goal. Like, girl. fucking huge, and, and just happens to be a stud for fucking New York. So, huge. That's my girl. Um, <laughs> I'm a big Ella Shelton fan, dude. Keep doing uh, what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Never stop. And uh, keep on keeping on. But, like, nah, dude. Like, I, you know, that breeds, like, a whole new generation of hockey fan. And, and hockey now, not only is it, like, like way more competitive and fast and goal scoring esque that it is now, but it's just like, it's way more inclusive of, you know, granted like all the shit with the pride tape and the, the celebratory jerseys and the before and, and like in warmups and shit, like, you know, that fucking sucks. And, and I hate that, you know, religion and or like church and state got in the fucking way of that. But like, you know, is what it is, whatever, fuck it. Who cares? Well, not who cares, but like, you know, whatever but this is huge like this is awesome this is so fucking fun to see i love that the nhl included the P- the pwhl um i love that there are people who have never seen a hockey game before who are turning who are tuning in and turning into big hockey fans um you know i just hope that they don't turn into a lot of knights fans who think that they know everything and don't even know what icing is and refuse to learn that's my thing that's why i hope yeah, and to touch on something that you said I really like is it's much more acceptable in like the NFL to be a fan of a player. I mean, people will follow Tom Brady wherever he goes and don't care about what the team he's on, you know what I'm saying? And I think it needs to be more normalized here in, in hockey where you can like someone that's on a team that's not 
a team that your team is supposed to like, right? You'd be a fan. I mean, talk about Brent Burns all the time. My, my if anything happens with Brent Burns, first person to tell me is my dad. He tells me, "Oh, do you see what happened with Burns?" Because he knows I like the guy, and it should be normalized right. that you can do that, right? That yeah. you can like players on other teams because it's kind of a stigma in hockey. Like that guy's dead to me. Fuck him. He went to this team. You can't like him anymore. You know, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, and you know, honestly, like I'm the same way with Alex DeBrinket. Like I follow Alex DeBrinket even though he's on fucking Detroit, but like, you know, I still follow Alex to bring it. Cause I loved him when he was on, um, you know, loved him when he was in Chicago and, you know, just, you know, just like, I, I love following him in Detroit and, you know, especially you have the, uh, the addition with Kane and all that. So now it's almost just like I'm reliving my fucking childhood of watching, you know, Kane destroy defenses and goalies you know, whatever he's on a different team, but like, still, it's just super, super fun to see. But like, yeah, it's, it's like the same lines as what your dad does with Brent Burns is like, that's what I do with Alex to bring it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, I think that we can, we can pretty much close this, this episode out today with just a little bit of talk here. Also weekends about to be over in a, in a couple of days back on Monday for regular hockey. Uh, just, just give me a little bit of thought of what the rest of the season looks like for the Hawks. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but I just, I just kind of want to hear what you think is, is your trajectory for Chicago and, and what you think the rest of the season is going to look like. Like is, is Connor Bedard coming back? What What's happening? So I'll make it short and sweet then. Um, really there is no goal for this year, except for a high draft pick at the end of the year. There is no goal. I feel like if the Hawks were still were as healthy as they were at the start of the season, then maybe the the notion might change, right? The script might change for the Hawks where it's like, okay, let's see if we can squeak in because we have the firepower to do it, especially when you had Connor Bedard kind of start getting into his own with scoring um, and then unfortunately get injured. But if he was getting into his own with scoring and you had a line mate like Taylor Hall who kind of becomes rejuvenated with a, a change of change of scenery. Um, you know, maybe the tune might change and, and maybe instead of like hard sellers or, you know, just trading for picks at the deadline, maybe you might try to trade for a like Capo Caco or, um, you know, maybe try to trade for a Georgiev or Georgiev esque goalie to back up Mrazek. So you have that nasty, two-headed monster that's your goalie sure but as of right now i think the goal is to just try to finish the season off as healthy as possible and come back hungry for next year um hopefully with macklin celebrini um but i would like to see Connor bedard come back this year the only reason why is a very selfish reason of i want to see him win the calder i really do um, I feel like he was he was really on point. He was really on track to win the Calder, and and I was really like, I was like, "Fuck, dude, this might actually happen." Um, and then unfortunately, he got injured. So I would just hate, almost for like a confidence sake, I would hate to see him lose the Calder, um, just because he got his head rocked by Brandon Smith. Um, but at the same time, if the organization heads decide to shut him down for the rest of the season um you know i'd be kind of okay with that because like dude what's the point of getting hurt again and and starting this whole process over again for a season that really doesn't matter um i agree with that 100 yeah and then just come back next year just super fucking pissed off and then next thing you know he starts ripping those awards away from mcdavid and matthews 
you know, so it'd be, it's going to be fun to, it's going to be interesting, not fun, but it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. Um, but what about you, man? Like, what do you got for the Rangers? Like, do you see them being sellers or buyers at the deadline? Do you see them getting their heads out of their asses and, and becoming more of like, uh, I don't know, just more menaces kind of trying to get back to the start of, uh, trying to get back to like how they started in the beginning of the season. Like what's your, what's your feel on this? Well, um, I believe that the Rangers, it's, it's not a belief, it's fact. The Rangers had the best start they've ever had to a season in history. And then they had the worst January that I've probably ever seen the Rangers have ever. Uh, what, what it really comes down to is if we're going to do something at the trade deadline, go all in. I mean, do what you got to do. Don't half-ass it. I don't necessarily think that we need to, but I think the, the players need a wake-up call that says, you can't just phone this shit in. You got you to play 100% because there's... There are very few teams in this league that can beat the Rangers when they're firing on all cylinders. And it's it's biased for me to say, but it's to be if you watch a Rangers game at the beginning of the season, you know that if the Rangers are firing on all cylinders, they're very hard to beat. Period. It's not going to be an easy win. Other than that, this mental break from the All-Stars game of just keep getting beat down, beat down, beat down. It's it's it was it was building, right? You could you could taste, you could feel the tension, right? You could just cut it in, in the locker room. They're going to need to double down on playing Igor and quick, not just trying to get Igor back to where he was. He's either going to find or he's not, and playing all the games isn't going to help. We need quick. We need him to be strong. Pittsburgh did to us when we went to that seven-game first round. They played Jari, and they played Deming. They both played very well. We lost games to both goalies. So they're going to need to figure it out and let let quick – if quick is as good as he is, let him be that good. you got to play him. And number three or whatever point I'm on at this point – this all starts on Monday against Colorado. It has to be Igor. It has to be Georgiev matchup. It has to be those two playing each other. It has to set a precedence. It has to show the fan base and the players that we can beat a team like Colorado after this break. And if we can do that, we can do all those things. There's no reason why we don't have a, a nice run here in the playoffs. There's no reason why we don't, you know, make a decent run and have a chance at going all the way. But again, it starts in the locker room. It starts with, you know, our coach. It starts with Jacob Truba. And we have to restore faith in Igor. He's our number one guy. And he needs to win more games, albeit it's not always the team's fault. It used to always be the team's fault if we lost a game. It's not that way anymore. Igor has to take another step. I know he has it. But, you know, this is the most competitive season of hockey that there has ever been. There's never been superstars like there is now where every team shines. We're, we're going to need to see the Rangers, everyone from the top six to those fourth line guys, everyone's going to need to take a step. And literally, in my opinion, it all starts on Monday against Colorado. 